Let me tell you, man. These uh, these redheaded girls at these coffee shops, baristas, Dunkins. I know this is starting to become the Dunkin' Donuts slash uh, gym pod, but um, these redheaded girls, and I'm not talking about the natural ones because a lot of them don't really exist, to be honest. At least uh, ones that have the strawberry one type of hair. Um, by the way, anytime someone says, oh, they have a strawberry blonde type of hair, I'm like, all I could think about is like little... Like little uh, cheesecake bites, like strawberry cheesecake bites, like those cake boppers. And uh, boy, her cake was bopping, all right. But no, you know these uh, these redheaded girls at these Dunkins and coffee shops—they're national treasure to me. No one spoons the bottom of my cup to make sure the sugar is evenly mixed like they do. I notice it's a consistent pattern. I th- I think uh. Look, they probably have some views on world and probably like feminism if you want to stereotype and a lot of this stuff that you probably roll your eyes at, but they don't, uh, they don't roll their, I think also, you know, the second she saw me, because I, I, I didn't hear her spoon the bottom of everyone else's cup, but she sure made the effort for me and, uh, I appreciate it, but yeah, redheads, ones that dye their hair red. Um, those are the ones that you want to make your drink, or really anything. So take the extra time to make sure your uh, sugar goes down. I guess she could be my little Mary Poppins, because boy, I am, I will marry and uh, pop in that cherry. Okay, because she has red hair. Oh, Jesus, that's disgusting. Anyways, welcome to episode 153 of the Off and Be podcast. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, follow the pod, hit the notification bell on all apps. The pod is growing, like uh, like my love for these redheads. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and but most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, suck some titties. And yeah, um, it's been not really an eventful past couple days, but uh. Had a little shift, a little curveball thrown my way. That's just part of life. Um, my car, it's uh, it's back at it again. And I don't mean, you know, back at a functioning. I mean, it. Uh, it's probably the alternator. Might be a belt, serpentine belt, maybe. Something, basically, yesterday I tried to turn my car on. And um, it didn't even rattle. It's just like, look, I'm not even going to, it's like when a girl tells you, I'm not even going to pretend to say I love you. Like, you know, when you crank the car up and it gives you like a little like, you know, it's a little teaser. Like, come on, come on. You just got to give me a little jump. Come on. You just got to tease me. It's like, she, they're just teasing you. Car is like, I'm not teasing you today. I'm done with this. I'm like completely over you. I feel indifferent about you. I'm not even mad. I, I'm not even mad about it. you. Make me feel nothing. I guess when I turn the key in the ignition, I'm fresh out the kitchen because I did just eat. Um, it was, uh, I guess it had enough of my shit. I had enough of those drives to the gym every day. You know, getting gains doesn't come without a price. Even though the gym membership is a price enough. But apparently, you know, gas and stuff too. Everything adds up. But hey, it's the price you pay for your biceps and for that veins. Okay, and uh, so yeah, so uh, of course, by the way, cars always fuck up on Sundays. In my experience, it seems like the last three or four times I've had issues with a vehicle, not just this one, this one's been pretty good for the most part, but previously, it would always happen on a Sunday, and for anyone who knows, Sundays, auto places, or at least anyone that are worth a shit, aren't going to be open on Sundays. Um, if an auto place is open on a Sunday... Still wait to go Monday. The best employees aren't working on Sundays. Um, and it was, uh, of course, I have it on Sunday. And on top of that, there's also a national holiday. Two of them. And I completely forgot because I was not made aware because in society, we don't even publicize or make any big deal about Father's Day. I can't tell you what day Mother's Day is off the top of my head, but people will remind you all the time, Mother's Day is coming. 
No, no one said anything about Father's Day, and I didn't know. But then it was also Juneteenth, Juneteenth, which is now a holiday, national holiday. So, and there were some places that I knew, like at my gym, they weren't going to be, they weren't going to, I mean, the gym would have been open, but there weren't going to be anyone in staff. But, you know, it was cool. Well, it's not cool that my car fucked, but, you know, it was like, wow, two holidays in the same day? Um, Yeah, so... I, I I couldn't go nowhere Sunday. I had to walk to work. Not that big of a deal. It's not that far away. Then today, got it. Got my car towed to the place. Hopefully by tomorrow, at least have an idea of what's going on. And uh, yeah, but I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you what. Now on a slightly serious, I was um when my car wouldn't start. I wasn't mad. I wasn't, I mean, you're obviously not thrilled about it, because there's a lot of reasons I could have been mad, right? It's like, Sunday morning, the gym is calling, share some weights and share some skin on the bench that I won't wipe down, you assholes. Um, (laughs) By the way, I don't think those sprays at the gym actually do anything. I don't even think they, I think they just put some like Alka-Seltzer water in there. And just call it because it doesn't when you spray it on there, there's no like chemical smell. I'm not saying spray it in your mouth, huh? but you know, it's probably the same type of stuff they put in bubbles and then you just wipe it on the bench when you're when you're on back day, baby, because I was blowing it. Um, <laughs> oh, those are the best foods. Um, but I'll tell you what, because I've seen how a lot of people deal when their car fucks up or a car. And I think really just my lifestyle switch. And I'm not saying I've ever like been crazy mad when my car fucks up. But you know, you get that little rush of anger. Like, fuck. I legitimately was just like, it's cool. We'll just go get a pizza. Well, I can't go get a pizza and not have a car. Well, I guess it could have got delivered. Which, ironically, they deliver in a car. Um, <laughs> uh, jump. Give me a jump. Jump. Um, hopefully it's a van that they're hailing in. Okay, Clint. In Panama. Uh, but no, I'll tell you what. And I realized it in the moment. And I was so proud of myself that I truly feel like I have calmed down and have shifted as a person. Where I legitimately did not give a fuck and in a good way. Where it's like, you know what? It'll be all right. Whatever it is, whether it's a $300 repair or a $1,200 repair, whatever it ends up being, you know, it'll be all right. Because you know what? You'll get it fixed. You'll work. You'll replenish money. You'll even out the scales over time. Because if you trust what you're doing and you trust your work ethic and you trust the time that you put into stuff, you trust that, you know what? This is just a road gap. Well, not a road gap. More like a. Or like a big ol' uh, like a uh, shit. What's that movie? San Andreas Fault. <laughs> it's 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 not it's not that big of a fault, but it's like, uh, Jesus, why is it my fault? Um, should have uh, tightened your terminals, and I'm terminally ill of wheels. Oh, Happy Wheels, not the good old game where it's just the old man flimsying off a mountain. Which for some reason, us kids we really enjoyed that game of old men. Just flying down mountains and then just watching them collapse. Um, yeah, and not the Eminem till I collapse. Um, but you know, I was very, and I don't know how to explain it, but in the moment, I was just like, you know what? It did not ruin my day. It did not. It did not make me feel down on myself. It did not. It's like, you know what? Let's go through this. What we got to do? Solution. It happened on the worst day possible it could happen. It happened on a holiday and a Sunday. So, can't really call it toe service, all that shit. It's not. Okay. I had, and here's the most scaling part. If I had one reason to be actually mad, more than the car possibly cost and whatever amount, is the fact that I was going to the gym. I prepared my morning perfectly. But most importantly, guys, I'm I got a pre-workout. I bought pre-workout for the first time in over a year. And I used it the day before. It was fucking great. And I was like, you know what? 
day two, going to the gym. It's going to be a powerful back and leg day. And I got my pre-workout. I had it in the car. I, I, I planned on sipping it on the way there. And then guess what? There was no car to move to sip it on the way there. So now I have this thing of pre-workout. But I can't go to the gym. What do you do? I was like, you know what? Let me put it in the fridge. Maybe I'll use it tomorrow. Maybe, maybe, maybe something will happen. Maybe maybe I'll magically get a fix tomorrow and it'll be sitting in my cup. But you know what happened? I put it in the fridge. And when I went inside, and I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cook me a little something. And as I was cooking something, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I downed that pre-workout. And I did a shitload of push-ups, ab workout in my room. Just no equipment. Just me. I'm the equipment. And boy, am I well equipped now. I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what, I made a situation that would have brought a lot of people down, not just to like, let it ruin their day, like a start of day, there's nothing worse than starting your day with a car problem, it's it just like, it's one of the worst things, like I would rather wake up and find out that, hey, we're gonna have to amputate your leg, it's like, oh, damn, I would rather have that than to start a day with the car problem. Because you also learn how reliant you become on vehicles. How much you kind of take for granted of stuff like that. And I'm someone I'm very humble. Like, I didn't get a car. I didn't get my first car until a lot later than most people at ages. I didn't even get my first finance or decent car until a lot later than most people at ages. So I met goals later than a lot of people. But I also think in a weird way... I'm much more humble, much more appreciative. I don't take this stuff for granted because I've had to walk to work miles and miles. Maybe not a thousand miles, but uh, I've walked on some very, very dangerous roads to get to work. So to me, it was like if I got to walk to work, if I got to do whatever, if I want to go to the grocery store, it, luckily I'm very close to one, to me... I'm okay. Like, I'm, it's like, and it's a format, I don't have to walk on some dumbass treadmill. Like, walking on a treadmill is so fucking dumb. And now, after this experience, like, walking outside, like, it's a weird thing. Walking outside feels good. It's, it's something like, you had to get some strip from you, even for a period of time, nothing too serious, but you had to get some strip for you to kind of go back to the basics. Sriracha noodles. Ooh, I still taste it. Um, <laughs> but nah, you know, it, something that would ruin someone's day and just completely make them in a shitty mood. Not it. Actually, I had a good day, regardless of that one big old fuck. Like, god damn it. Because you know, it got in the way of my gym routine. I'm not able to lift weights until I get my car fixed. So I could drive to the gym. But I made the best of a situation. And that's something I can't say I would have always done, you know, in my younger days. In my younger days, I mean, like three years ago. Um, <laughs> but something like that, and it happened naturally. It wasn't something I had to overthink. It wasn't something I had to really have some deep reflections. It's like happened in the moment I realized, and I'm like, wow. This is what change in a person is, is when it becomes habit, when it becomes an embodiment of what you have trained and made considered efforts and consistent efforts of what you want to truly embody and being aware of that. And, you know, not, not the, you know, toot my own dildo in my asshole, but hey, you know. It was a good time. <laughs> no, it, it was, uh, it, it was, it's one of those things where you're just like, you know what? Because all you can really do, not to get too corny here, but all you can really do is control how you react to stuff and deal with stuff. Because stuff's going to happen. Your car's going to fuck up. You know, stuff's going to happen. Unexpected 
things are inconvenienced. Because really, you know, your car fucking up, it's just an inconvenience. It's not the end of the world. It's just like, uh, I mean, you know, certain car problems, like, you know, you get completely salvaged by, you know, an F-150. And by the way, you know what's weird? Being a pedestrian walking the street, it seems like I don't get the same pedestrian advantages that I see other pedestrians get. Because you know what? I had the great walking. I, I waited for the signals to walk. And people turning didn't even bother the yield. They're like, oh, this guy. It's like, oh, well, this guy. What are you going to do? Like, get in a fight with someone when you're carrying a book bag with a rip in it? Like... People already probably think I'm this homeless guy walking around down in his luck. It's like, nah, you know, my car's just in the shop. But a lot of people in the car, you know, it's like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I have to walk. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It was actually kind of nice. It's actually kind of nice walking. You know, some, some, and I, I will say this is that I do think even now, even if some simple is walking, like something within a mile or two does. I'm not saying go crazy here. But, like, if you have a grocery store where you live in a mile from, you don't always have to drive to the grocery store. If you're just getting some simple stuff, just fucking walk. Walk it back. Walk it like a tuck it. And uh, you also realize how many people actually fucking walk around. Like, we just assume that 98% of people have cars. And that's just not the case. It's not realistic. Cars are expensive and very unreliable, a lot of them. But yeah, no, not to go too deep. But yeah, basically, it was a uh, it's kind of one of those uh, blessings in disguise because it really it made me happy of a person I've developed into naturally. And you know what's the weirdest part is that though there'll, there'll be people in your life that will still say, "Oh, you still display this characteristic towards me." That, you know, you really haven't changed. It's like, you know, I don't really feel the need to explain what I've changed or not changed. You know what? If you want to have this set thing from nine years ago, that you have this set belief about me from nine years ago. And just ingrain that in your head to justify things, whatever. You know what? I don't feel the need to really explain myself. I don't really feel the need to convince you. Because chances are we're not in each other's life in a capacity enough where you don't really even see how I really am. You just know how I talk to you. And if there's a way I talk and communicate with you, there's probably a reason why it's very specific of why I talk and communicate with you in that way, whether you like it or not. Just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> that's not very specific, but I promise you, it's only partially. Um, but yeah, no, you know, it's a, it, it's just nice. You know, it's kind of relaxing. Because it kind of sets things back. Like, you know, it kind of forces you to stay home. It kind of, it it's kind of, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm recording this podcast at 5.27 p.m. on June 20th. I've never recorded this middle of the day. I've always done it early in the morning or at nighttime. Either when I first wake up or late at night if I get home from work or before I go to bed. Lately, it's been more in the morning. But, you know, when it's my off day as well. And it's kind of like everything kind of lined up. I actually have an off day where I'm forced to really take it off. Because even my off days recently, I've, I've just, I'll just go into work. Just like, yeah, I'll make some extra money, whatever. If I don't have anything to do and I did what I needed to do beforehand. It actually forced me to kind of slow down. So, you know what? This is a necessary off day. Like, don't do anything. Not like literally don't do anything. I'm recording a podcast. I even wrote. For the first time in like a month earlier. I continued on a screenplay. I just picked up where I left off. And I think I needed that break. Because I worked really hard on the previous 300 page screenplay. And I started a new one. But wasn't really. Didn't really have a vision or direction. And I think taking time apart from something really helps. (laughs) Only if it would be like that with you know the ladies. It's like hey I just need a month off. So when I come back. I'm just better than ever. It's like, yeah, that's not how these things work. It's like, it can be, though. It's our relationship. It's like, yeah, and I want no part of that. It's like, eh, enough taken. Um, But, yeah, it forces you to just kind of, you know what? 
you because you know I I got I I really got caught up in this heavy every minute of the day's got to be productive, and this working out training thing's been insane. This that and the other, your body, all this shit, podcasts and work, all this stuff, and. Sometimes you get caught, like, you think just because you're working a lot that you're actually, like, you're improving, yes, and I do feel like that, but to kind of slow down, slow down, I just want to get to know you, and uh, my writing has forgotten about me, and I forgot about it, I kind of took it for granted, and I realized when I did it earlier, how relaxing it makes me feel, and how much it's incorporating that with my other routines it's important to ingrain all that back so some as weird as this has kind of slowed down and made me just rationalize and reprioritize to remember what's my main purpose in all this so i don't know it's one of those weird things that sometimes shit has to be taken out of your own hands shit has to be taken out of your own hands to actually for you to have it back in your hand. So when you hold it this time, it's it's a little tighter. Don't let go. Um, so yeah. So yeah. Um, oh, so I, when I was at when I was at this uh, Dunkin' nearby earlier, I don't go to this one often, but there was an interesting interaction, and I, I think it definitely comes from these old ass people. Um, this really old guy was in front of me. And the dude behind the counter, you definitely tell he was doing the George. You could tell this dude was about to be off work. You you know when you're near the end of the shift, and if you've ever worked at a place where you have to count the George, it's like the last thing you do before you shift before you leave your shift. This guy was trying to do that, but then he had to take this dude's order or whatever. And I wasn't really hearing hearing what was going on, but basically what I picked up is the old dude, and it seems to be old person thing of, oh, you're out of this. Well, why are you out of this? Like they're asking, it's like, dude, like the people that own this shit, they order a specific amount of what they project they need for the day, and a lot of times they run out of the shit. He's like, but why? He's like asking. He's like, and he just keeps complaining and complaining about. It. It's like, dude, you complain about is not going to make what you want magically appear. But it's this old person entitlement thing. It's like it's not like I charge for you for it, and then I told you we don't have it. Like I'm telling you, we don't have it, so I'm not going to waste your time with that. But I think old people just want to waste their time, and this old dude just want to waste his time arguing about something that I shouldn't even say argue, but. To go on and on about something that wasn't going to change. But it's just something for him to bitch about where no one can stop him bitching about because technically he's not incorrect. But it's like, what do you want people to do about it? And I could tell the dude behind the counter, I felt for him because I've kind of been there before. And he just sits there and eventually after he rings up, he's like, well, you know what? When it's your business, you could do whatever you want with it. And I was like, damn. And I don't think the dude picked up the slight dig. But I did. And then if you're the old dude, <laughs> if he did pick up on it, he'd probably be like, who the fuck are you talking to me like this? <laughs> He's like, oh, I am the business. I'm the customer. He's probably like, oh, the customer is the business. It's like, obviously I don't care enough because... You know, they do this shit for the past eight years and they don't care. You can bitch about it every time. For some reason, you keep coming back to bitch about it. So why the fuck would they actually care to make sure they have what you want? But yeah, that was an interesting uh, exchange I found. Uh, I'll pop in. My hip abductors pop in. Uh, I just realized my ringtone is on. Uh, you know, you know, it's also, I found it interesting and actually I, I'm, I'm, I did not create this tagline. This is a line I saw in a video. So no, this is not a Clint original. I know shocking, but when it comes to these, uh, girls who have quote unquote looking for stepdaddy, looking for stepdaddies, right? They're like, 
I'm taking stepdaddy applications. It's like, and they're making it like they're the ones who someone would be lucky to come in their situation to be a stepdaddy. But why do I need to apply? Let's say I'm a guy. And I'm looking for a lady out there, right? And let's say I I don't rule out a woman that has a child previously. Let's just say hypothetically. From another situation, whatever. But why do I need to apply for something when you're the one in need of something? Sometimes it can be mutual. A job needs to hire people. You need a job. You're made for each other. More times than not, you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't I don't have to be, you know, entering into your situation will cause a lot more angst. I mean, she even say angst, but it's going to cause a lot more um, responsibility than if I were just to be with a girl that doesn't have a child, if we're going to be honest about it. I'm not shaming someone for having a child, but when you are someone with a child, you you can't you can't sit here and act like all the demands and all like all this uh, the aura and everyone's lucky to be included in your life is like honestly you should just be happy if someone enters into your life and brings value to it in a lot of ways and. But I'm taking stepdaddy applications, right? And I'm sitting there like, shouldn't shouldn't the guy who's seeking a, the girl with the child, shouldn't he be seeking you to apply? Like you, like if I interview you, you're supposed to convince me why I should hire you. Why does why do you why do you interview me? For why I'm qualified to be your child's father. Potential stepfather. Well really it should be. Why should I want to be your child's stepfather? You see. It's me. Why should I, Clint, want to be your child's stepfather? Why should I want you to be my wife? And you bring your child in. Why? That's the real question. And by the way. If a guy were to say hey. I want you but your child. I don't want no part of that. No you shouldn't be with that guy. Because you know what. You you shouldn't take someone. You either accept someone for this situation. Or you don't. You, like those weird situations. Where someone. And this isn't just women. But particularly. Like a woman will legitimately basically get rid of their kid because a guy they just met three months ago, they fall in love with that person or whatever, and that dude wants no part of that child, and they'll legitimately abandon the child for love, which is the weirdest shit. I don't even know how you can mentally go through that process and live with yourself, but it's a thing. I mean, even if they don't just like completely get rid of it, they basically treat their child as less than for a guy which which is wild to me but you know that's another thing for another day um yeah you're the one that should be applying to me because you're the one in need of a figure for your child most importantly if you have like a son you're you're seeking a man's guidance you're seeking a man leadership you're seeking a man's uh parental i don't even know what the proper term but you know little boys need men to raise them that, that, that put simply so you know the more your son ages without a father figure in their life has less and less chance of them basically surviving or really being the type of man that you would want to put out there to mate in society because, you know, you know what's ironic about a lot of people that single mothers, quote unquote, you know, and I'm the worst case of single mothers, obviously. But the most ironic part is not to get incestual here. 
But seeing as I say, you know, I don't need no man for my son, all this stuff. The son that they end up raising is not a man that if they were their age, they would fuck. That they would want to be with. They raise their sons to be a version of a guy that they would never have been attracted to. That's the harsh reality of when you do that shit. That a lot of people don't realize. Because if you see what they really think about men, when you hear how they talk, whether it's on shows or dating profiles or even if you want to really know a woman think, get, you know, take a sneak peek in these woman group chats with a friend. It is ruthless. He's a he's corny. He's a cornball. It's like, yeah, I tell corny jokes. All right. You know what? If that's corny, suck my dick because you had no problem doing that. Slobbing on my knob. Corn on the cob, baby. And I don't mean in the county. Um. Okay, but, um, <laughs> nah, man, these girls group chats, you want to really know what girls, whew, those things are ruthless, um, yeah, oh, those WhatsApp things were different, whoo, or kick, K-I-K, even though that's actually where a lot of trafficking happened, I'm not talking about the ones at the, can you give me that green light, uh, is that Tank, can you give me that green light, uh, I don't know. Anyways, talk about a red light special with Usher. Okay, fine. But anyways, um, yeah, you know, it brings an interesting thing to where when people, you know, because I've come across a lot of these videos where it's, you come across like, do women need men and men need women? It's like, yes, we, we need each other. We both bring value to each other, typically biologically, and typically things of interest that balance each other out, typically. All right. There's always exceptions, but typically, yes. Especially when you have kids involved, it is very important at the very least that there is a woman and a man figure to raise. Maybe you don't live together. Maybe you're not together. That's whatever. But to be in, be in that child's life, yes. Very important. Um, and the fact that that even has to be explained is crazy. And I think based off the gender itself is much more important at the very least that if whatever gender the child is, that is the gender of the parent that should be predominantly in the kid's life, quote unquote. Um, so, but yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, when I come across these videos and stuff of when you get these woman group podcast chats and stuff, and it's this justification for why men are not necessary. So like you were jumping through all these hoops to talk about how men can't do shit. But yet your solution for all your problems specifically is finding a man to entitled to your, I deserve 300 bucks a day. I deserve this and that. Your solution to the same problems that you have when you don't need men is for a man to be in your life and provide you with certain things that you deem that they already weren't capable or necessary to bring value to your life about. But they're going on these mile-long rants about why kids don't need this and why won't. It's like, all right, you know what? You want to live your life with that? Cool. And if you want to live with it, comes that? Cool. But just ask yourself this, like I said before. Not no weird shit. But if you're like, I don't know, a 35-year-old mom, and your child's like, I don't know, 17. Let's say you had a kid at a young age. You know, let's not even make it that weird. You know, let's say you're like 45, and your child and your kid's like 24. You know, they're old enough where they're starting to develop some sense of maturity. And you look at your son, and you're like, if I was 22 years old, would I be attracted to my son? No weird shit, of course, but you know, objectively, you know, we we all have that hot cousin that we thought about, you know, share a bunk bed with. Um, <laughs> kidding. Well, for some of you, probably not, but for me, yes. Uh, but look, would you find your kid attractive at their grown age when you were their age? And I think that's the real barometer of whether 
you have raised your kid right. Would you fuck your kid? <laughs> uh, when they're grown, of course. No weird shit. Um, but you think about it. Like, once in a while, you, you, you see your son. You, you see him in that t-shirt. And you're like, hmm. If there was a replica of my son out there, you know, I would think about it. He, he's a hot son of a gun. And boy, those guns. And he's the son of a gun violence victim. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But yeah, it's a, it's a very, I think that's a real barometer. Like, if, if your seed is an attraction to be mated to, that's got to mean something. I don't know, made my mind's in the gutter there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just found a lot of this stuff interesting for all the wrong reasons. It just, you know, honestly, it just kind of seems like we, we've, uh, we have found more ways to make excuses for our inadequacies than we seem to actually just be able to look at inadequacies for what they are. And that's just faults and that's just a lack of development that's not always necessarily an individual's fault for why they like development in certain areas of themselves but you know if you're someone that lacks development other in certain areas it makes no sense to blame everyone else for why they don't want to be associated with certain specific critical areas that you lack at that you've made no effort to improve like certain things, it just matters to people. So, you know, uh, if you whip it out and you lack development, hey, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> there's just certain things, look, you got to accept, you got to accept for what people are okay with you in capacities. And I think that's the biggest thing. There's this weird entitlement that men and women have started feeling towards each other is that we want traditional things, but we don't want traditional output. Guys want traditional girls, but they don't even approach girls in traditional ways. Girls want traditional guys, but traditional, but guys are scared to do traditional things based off the out, the out last that potentially could be put out in the world because you go out and, approach a girl and it's yeah whew, it's a dangerous slope it's one that it's honestly one of the scariest things you could do out here because if you because if you get put on blast for everyone it's not a fun place to be in oh honestly never mind um by drake uh jesus oh jesus um Here's the first initial listen. I was kind of pissed off. I'm going to be honest with you. Because let me send the context. I got off work. Next thing I know, it's Drake dropped an album. Surprise album. I'm like, holy shit. I was like, oh. And I'm thinking, I saw the graphic art and stuff. And I saw the list of the songs. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be like Dark Luno tapes. Like, it's not going to be like an album album. But it's going to be like kind of like a mixtape of songs probably with some intense like real shit it's like yeah so I got home from work I was dirty from work and shit so I was like let me put on my speaker I'm gonna go in the shower and I'm gonna listen to in the shower Drake in the shower is a whole different mood so you know I I, I let it play and you know the intro is a little like 30 second whatever and then like the the second song starts playing. I'm in the shower. And I'm like, okay, this is a little, eh, okay. I see what he's doing here. Like, you know, he does sometimes, like, with the More Life playlist album. He, it's a lot of mixture of things, but there's still, like, some classical just hip-hop. It's a lot of fusion of a lot of different stuff. And even when he does do, like, some of the outer traditional stuff of American music, when he does, like, dance hall and reggae and stuff, there's still, like, a American sensibility to it, at least from a casual listener that you can still kind of hop on. 
but like this whole thing was definitely i'm in the shower for like good 12 13 minutes i'm like why is this song 12 or 13 minutes jesus christ i got out of the shower and i'm like why is this song keep repeating did i add the song to the queue five times and not realize it and i get out of the shower and it's like it's on track six now i was like oh i so all this all of these songs kind of just sound the same per se in this album specifically and i'm like huh maybe there's something i get like continuity of album like one thing leads into another type of thing but honestly I had a hard time telling the difference and off the top first initial listen it kind of just sounded lazy like it sounded like uh drake like harmonies type of thing it's more like the instrumental that's supposed to carry the album it's supposed to be the essence of the of the music that you're listening to but even some of the instrumentals sounded kind of cheesy and they sounded kind of um inundated they they sounded very cheap for some for a stature for a status of drake's type like they sound like an instagram rapper instrumental type of thing like it sounded like something that a lot of people could have just made on a hp laptop to be honest not saying they were bad but look i understand dance hall it's not it's different and and you know maybe it's like you know what i could i can understand i can still appreciate music and stuff even when it's not my type of genre and i can understand when something sounds good but it's just not for me. Maybe I'm not going to listen to it really ever again. But it's like, okay. Like, I see. Like, I see. And I feel like even for the dance hall, the biggest dance hall fans or people that were this, this is like the main genre of music of what they listen to. I think they would, I, it just sounds like someone when they listen to this, I feel like it would be like a, it'd be like if a C plus artists of this genre did it's like oh cool but it didn't sound anything special and so to me it just like okay this this is not for me personally but it's hard for me to even find like i don't even think people who this is for like this genre music of who this is for culturally or just people that enjoy dance hall music i don't even think they listen to this and they're like whoa this shit really is really woo and i understand that style of music and that genre is more for literally not just dancing but the lyrics are supposed to be more of a background thing it's supposed to kind of just keep the flow and rhythm type of going the lyrics aren't necessarily supposed to stand out it's supposed to kind of create the standard vibe and all that stuff and it just seemed kind of underwhelming even in that aspect. Um, maybe it's just my white culture ear. I don't know. Uh, I'm open. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the weirdest thing is like the reaction. Like the more and more days you take from it, you're like, you know, this is possible. Because I did see a clip from Joe Budden's podcast talking about. It's like this is the most freeing Drake, this is the most freeing of Drake we have ever seen. Meaning, this is, like when Drake said he wanted to make a full R&B album, he's never actually done a full R&B album. Kind of like with the, he's done Dance Hall with the More Life playlist and he's incorporating different songs here and there on different albums. But he's never done a full, just one genre album. And that's what kind of makes him pop appeal. And a lot of people's criticism of being a pop artist and pop appeal is that you just kind of take the most beneficial aspects of what you're trying to uh, bring out of genres to incorporate to your audience. And you're just picking and choosing, but not necessarily embracing the whole thing. Now, I don't think that's what he's doing, but that's typically criticism when people try to take lesser known popular that aren't as popular genres that may be specific cultural and stuff like that and they kind of i don't want to say capitalize but in a way appropriate it's not the right term in this case but 
in some cases where you appropriate certain specific styles of the genre for popular appeal. And then when the whole mass hears it, this is the type of quote-unquote dance hall or reggae when you start incorporating those. And when they hear dance hall, they think of this, but not the actual origin or the actual where the real foundation and the real uh, best of the best of the genre lay in type of thing, if that makes sense. But, you know, when Joe said this is the most freeing you will ever see, Drew, this is probably the most of, from an artistic standpoint, where he doesn't feel like he has to appease anyone. This is just something he probably wanted to do. That's why it was a surprise. He didn't tell people this was a dance hall, reggae, R&B fuse album. He's just like, this is, hey, it's dropping. You guys are going to listen. I'm fucking Drake. He didn't, he didn't specify. There were no... Uh, as far as I know, there weren't any really big leaks. There wasn't any. It was just like, hey, I'm not telling you what this guy's going to be. You guys are going to listen and make your judgments, and I'm okay with that. And I think when you do that, you set the precedent like, hey, I didn't tell you this was going to be the next take care or anything. Like, there was no lead up to this. This was just something I wanted to do. And I think when someone does that, it's like, hey, when, when you talk about true artistic expression and true freedom in music everyone is for it and this is where I had to check myself on is that everyone is for it until some artists actually do it because a lot of things that make these artists who they are from a young and adolescent standpoint where Drake grew up listening to a lot obviously he is a heavy he's very heavily inspired by this style of music and he's flirted with it, and he's incorporated it casually and gradually over the years. And he said, fuck it. We're going to do it. And he did it. And then you see how a lot of people are cool with things in certain capacities, but not in full capacity. It's like accepting someone for... It's like... um, It's kind of like... um, You know, not to make it about race, but it's like I've said before. It's like being okay with a race of people in certain capacity, but being like, but I, I'm not, I would never marry someone of that race. You know, it's kind of like that when, when I think as a comparison for this, like, hey, I'm cool with it if this is just a thing you like to do once in a while. But, you know, don't say I do. <laughs> don't make an album. You know, don't get married and have kids with this person. You know, when you start getting to that, that that's the immediate comparison I think of. Because, and I kind of checked myself, was like, you know what? This probably is the most authentic, one of the more authentic versions of Drake's expression of things that would not be mass appealing to a lot of people. And... So it's like, you know what, as time gone, like, you could be mad that he didn't put out the type of album or the type of rap that you would want. There's very little rap in any of this. Like, he has some bars sprinkled in there on a song or two. But for the most part, it's, it's all about the vibes. And I think you saw a lot of people were kind of pissed about that. And for me included, like, I, I'm never pissed by someone's music, but... Like, Jesus, this is what, like, you have this expectation that I expected, and it didn't meet that. First, but the more, it's like, you know what? This man has put out so much music for everyone that everyone can enjoy on every type of level. If this is something he does for himself, then if we are truly for artistic expression and all that shit that a lot of people say they're about, everyone's about. Uh, artistic, you know, artists having their masters and artists having this. But then when an artist actually displays the actions that show, like, I can do whatever the fuck I want, then it was like, whoa, whoa, hey, let's not do whatever the fuck you want. Because I'll tell you what, I know basically kind of he runs to his own label, kind of. Let me tell you what, I, I'm, I'm 99% sure if he was part of some big ass big ass label where it had to be run through all these executive producers of what to put out i guarantee you this doesn't see the light today i guarantee you 
But because Drake has that type of dick swinging, where he basically runs his own shit for the most part, but he does distribution with big companies to make a lot of fucking money, but for the most part, he has final say what he could put out. I think when someone has that power and they put out versions of may not be mass appealing, it could kind of bother people. And I think that's what we saw here. And honestly, never mind it. I'm cool with it. Am I going to sit here and listen to the songs over and over? Probably not. But then again, so what? This is, this is what he want to do. He's done so much to put out for us fans. And as a big fanboy myself, I'll admit, you know what? I'm cool. And I think everyone should be too. My And I, I'll be the first to admit, my first initial reaction was selfish. But as the day's gone on, the more you let it sit with yourself, you're like, hey, you know what? The more perspective you get, the more you hear other people's thoughts and opinions. And it's okay to listen to thoughts and opinions. Like, you know what? That actually makes a lot more sense than mine. It's not about changing your thought because someone says something. It's about you listen. It's like, you know what? That's actually a much more well-rounded version of what I truly think. I think what Joe Bunn said, this being a more freeing version. This is probably one of the most authentic versions of Drake we're going to get based off where he's at in his life. And there still be that genuine aspect that's relatable. And I think that's cool. So yeah. And honestly, never mind this podcast. And I'm going to wrap it up there. Great episode today. Alright guys, don't forget to like, follow, hit the notification bell, subscribe, uh, and most importantly... Suck some titties. And that was episode 153 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. Uh, hopefully by the next episode's put out, I have my car back. And, uh, you know, I can hop in the car, go and breathe. And then, my golly, ever jump today. She's been working at my place for years. Uh, Jesus, aren't we all underpaid? Mama, that place isn't worth your tears. Even on Father's Day. Alright guys, have a great day.